0: You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. The JSE has opened its doors for the final day of the trading week. And for the opening, we have Nick Kunza from Sandland Private Wealth. Nick, I I want to go back to yesterday evening's conversation with David Shapiro from SASFIN, and a tweet I sent out saying criminals. And you wouldn't say it, obviously, because you're (coughs) an employee of an august financial institution. David Shapiro, the same. But I said criminals and I was referring to... Donald Trump, Mohammed bin Salman, the authoritarian leader of Saudi Arabia, and also Vladimir Putin, who's also a dictator. And I sort of said they're criminals. Now, in the context of the one particular event that prompted that outburst from me, I would say it's only Trump that was the criminal yesterday. And you have been doing a little bit of reading up on the oil story and Mr. Trump. Just please tell me uh, that you have found something that does sort of engender criminality.
1: Morning, Lindsay. Yeah, uh, what a. Uh... What a motley crew we have in this uh, particular conversation. I mean, one uh, is linked to chopping up body bags, uh, chopping up bodies and sticking them in overnight bags, and uh, enough said about Mr. Putin wrestling Siberian tigers and Mr. Trump as well. So it's a it's a lovely group. I mean, you couldn't make it up in a, in a in an airport novel. But uh, so so far, just to set the tone, uh, the oil price had its biggest one-day move ever. Yesterday, up to 40% up briefly before uh, the, the algos sort of gave back, and we still finished up roughly 25% uh, on the day. But to set the tone, Mr. Trump uh, put a fire under that market yesterday by tweeting that he said Crown Prince Mohammed Bill Salman of Saudi Arabia and his good friend uh, President Vladimir Putin he said they had begun talks on how to curb the production um, by as much as 15 million barrels a day, uh, which is interesting considering between Saudi Arabia and Russia, they probably only produce about 18. In global demand, which produces about a hundred, so
0: so they would. Mr. Trump, Mr. Trump was saying. Sorry, I'm just trying to get my head around these numbers. I'm not really Mm. good at percentages, but I'll I'll give it. I'll give it a stab. Probably around about eighty percent of their production would be reduced, Mm. according to Mr. Mm -hmm. Trump. Yes,
1: Saudi would literally turn off the taps, and and all his subjects and his people would be very happy about that. Okay, Uh, not. Um, so that was the first first sort of skepticism that uh, he'd, he'd come up with his imaginary number, like like his 30 million uh, uh, population from Seoul that you, you'd spoken about in South Korea. Mm. So very so he came up with this 15 million barrel without really doing the homework and realizing that's more than they produce. But anyway, don't get facts, get away with a good story. Um, and then immediately after uh, Mr. Trump tweeted, uh, the Kremlin were, were pretty quick on the wires Rejecting Mr. Trump's remarks, uh, and I quote this so I don't get it wrong: mm. there was no conversation between Mr. Putin and Mr. and Prince Mohammed," says Dmitry Peskov, Mr. Putin's official spokesman. yes, it's an official statement yes. and added to the comment that there was none planned at any time in the future.
0: So either. Trump lied again.
1: And again, and I quote again so far, no one has even started talking about any specific or even abstract deals in exchange for OPEC. He said, referring to the three year oil lines between OPEC and Russia that collapsed last month. And you made a comment yesterday about some OPEC official mentioning that Trump talking before in his brain engaging, but I mean, certain intent purposes. This is probably one of the bigger. Non proofs that mr trump has has tweeted as a recent, uh, not mention that the, the production fifteen that doesn 't add up this math 't, and of course, moving the largest commodity price in the world by the biggest uh, percentage gain ever. So we, we wait with bated breath for some more tweets today, I'm sure.
0: Yeah, uh, t- again, we have some fun with Mr. Trump, but unfortunately, he, he's a loose cannon. And as David Shapiro said yesterday, if anyone, if anyone in, for example, the financial services industry had put out such an outlandish tweet and moved a market like that, I mean, whether it be a major investment banker's chief economist or something, they would be hauled up before the authorities, sacked and maybe even facing prosecution. But Mr. Trump... Trump, uh, apparently acts with impunity when it comes to this, quite honestly, <laughs> irresponsible behavior. Quite.
1: And uh, I mean, don't forget, uh, not so recently, uh, uh, just recently ago, was, uh, was our friend Elon Musk, who uh, tweeted um, that funding was secured, was the two words he used referring to his Tesla, his company, Tesla. Uh, that got him a $15 million fine by the SEC. He was kicked off, uh, allowed to use his tweets anymore, <clears throat> and he was banned to a certain extent without having to being allowed to comment on his own company that he founded. So, you know, they are quite hard-hitting in America when it comes to uh, uh, CEOs and executives sort of not towing the line, but... When it comes to the commander-in-chief, they seem to have uh, lost their teeth and their spine, I think, Lindsay.
0: Yes, I think so. Let's move on now and let, um, we'll continue the theme of the oil price. I mean, mm. I'm looking at West Texas crude now at $25.03 uh, per barrel, which is only down 1% after yesterday's massive rise. I'm looking at Brent crude as well, which is actually seems to be up 3.5% to $31 a barrel. Can you please correct me if these numbers are wrong?
1: No, that is right. But just given you, just given how quickly this thing's moving, they were both down between three and six percent uh, respectively this morning. So they've, they've turned around in the last sort of hour since you've been speaking, and I expect this volatility to probably continue. But yeah, you, you are correct. Those are the, the prices at the moment.
0: Okay, let's have a look at uh, the S and P before we go into the JSE. The S and P is down 08 percent, just hovering around that twenty five hundred mark. The big number today, of course, is uh, what is it today? The third of April. So it's U.S. Mm. jobless claims for, numbers. Friday. Yeah, exactly. Friday. Mm. What do we think? I mean, there was a number yesterday of uh, initial jobless claims on a weekly basis of 6.648 million souls in the United States mm. of America. Uh, what does that translate to, compiling the last four weeks of, of jobless claims numbers? What is the whisper number for, uh, mm. for unemployment in the U.S.?
1: Well you've got to gotta to put this in context. Um it's not so much such the one liner. So the non farm numbers due at two thirty uh South Africa time to, uh, we're looking for a decrease of a, a loss of a hundred thousand jobs in March. That's after the gain of two hundred and seventy few thousand back in Feb. Uh jobless rate that's looking to increase. We're looking for a number of three point eight. But I mean, my personal view this is a little bit backward looking, it's a little bit out of date.
0: Mm. We do
1: know there's about a hundred I think a hundred and fifty million people in america that are classified as being employed uh, we've lost on the back of the envelope uh well not the back of the envelope officially about 10 million in the last 14 days you know so you work out the maths you know i think this this and i think due to the coronavirus they stopped calculating i believe about the middle of last uh, of last month middle of march so I suspect this numbers is out a date, and I suspect it might be a shocker. So uh, I think brace yourself, uh, investors out there, this might be another terrible number. Uh,
0: so it might be 250, 300, 500,000. Uh, but exactly. it, if it's not, uh, then people will say, well, this is being stored up for next month's figure, and we should get used to the fact that uh, this is going to be an, another shock." And, and it may actually go on for another two to three months. The, the United States has extended it sort of, partial lockdown uh, between states Mm by by a certain amount of time and i can i think that that will continue to be revised as it has been in the netherlands where i am and uh, possibly in south africa where you are i can't see um, the three weeks holding water is is there any rumors around about that apart from that stupid uh, april fool's day thing which we had two days ago
1: no no i haven't i mean um it sounds like i mean they've been i must tell you the 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 administration after sort of being absent for two years, you know, everyone's sort of like trying to find Cyril. Um, I must say the last two weeks they've sort of, uh, you know, what is the expression, Lindsay? uh, Cometh the hour, cometh the man. I mean, they've really stood up. They've been very transparent. They've been almost doing uh, two, three conferences a day by medical uh, professionals and and the sort of um, the Department of Health. They've been been very out in front to use uh, an expression. Um I don't know. I mean, it appears that we are slightly ahead of the curve um, because we were sort of the first to sort of lockdown on the continent. Um, and it's, it's what I've heard. We're a little bit ahead. Look, we've seen what's happened with uh, Italy extending in another week. Now, I mean, anything could happen. I mean, we, we are scheduled. This is exactly one week today since the lockdown, two weeks to go. We are scheduled to be out of here uh, in two weeks. But as you know, with this virus, anything could change. But at the moment, I, I haven't seen anything to the contrary.
0: Okay, let's have a look at the Stock Exchange news service announcements this morning. And there's been a further voluntary update, trading update from famous brands because that caused a bit of a storm when they said we're pulling the plug on GBK, Gourmet Burger Kitchen. Uh, and apart from the fact that it was in trouble anyway, the last thing it needed was the high street to close down. Um, it says here a national lockdown has been implemented for a 21-day period, etc., etc. But the share price... Um, going up by about 4.5% last I saw. Tell me more about famous brands and what on earth we do with this thing.
1: Yeah, well, I think it's... it's it's. I mean, what didn't we know? I think it was very much one of those ones that was in the price. I mean, they they came out yesterday and, and uh, as you said, they announced the fact that their 2 billion rand acquisition of of gourmet burger in the UK has been written down to zero. Um, I mean, they had warned that it wasn't making money and they were throwing bad money or good money after bad at that, at that particular project in the UK.
0: Yes.
1: And I think it was just a matter of, we kind of know it now and the, mar- the market's shrugging it off. But um, uh, overall, I'm, I imagine at some point, you know, the autopsy will be done on, the, on that acquisition and we'll, we'll, uh, we'll see. But I mean, $2 billion to be written off in these days is, is a, quite a significant number. And given what the RAND is doing, that is a, I mean, I, I find it difficult to see where the RAND is at 23 to the pound, how they can continue to to really, um uh, you know, fund that loss-making business, eh? Yeah. I mean, they talk about, sorry, they talk about, I mean, saying it they're basically not going to provide financial assistance anymore, so I don't quite know, What that means, uh, because the UK government is certainly not going to bail out a South African burger joint,
0: that's for sure. No, it's not. Uh, Updated trading statement from, let's have a look at this one now. This is the anchor group. What is the future of small financial services companies? I mean, mm. you work for a large financial services company, but when it comes to people like Anchor and maybe even Signia, Signia may be a little bit bigger than Anchor, but um, mm. uh, the, the point is that they're going to come under enormous pressure. And it's, it, it's sad because they do provide liquidity. They do uh, provide a service in areas that maybe companies like yours can't um, can't participate in because of your size. Uh, so the anchor, the, the anchor group, what's the future of companies like anchor?
1: I'm not, I'm actually quite optimistic. I've worked for both, so at the moment I'm with and mean, they're the largest um, on the continent, and I've worked for much smaller houses offshore and and uh, in South Africa. Yeah. Uh, I, I think I'm not adverse either way. I think there's a there's a place for both of them. I think the pie is big enough for everyone. Um, I I think in times of trouble um, and and times of stress, like we see now in the financial markets and and the and the economy, I think. Investors and and I guess clients probably feel a little bit happier with a big balance sheet behind them and maybe a bigger house. But then, I also I quite like the smaller houses from the fact that they're independent. You know, you are I think to a certain extent getting a when you you do seek advice from a smaller house, um, and I I say smaller in inverted commas compared to say the big four or, or or ourselves. Um, is is that they? I think the independent advice is very good. You know, they're not aligned to anyone. They're not uh, sort of leaning. They're not not having to be told by their, uh, you know, the insurance side or their, their investment bank side that they have to do this or they have to do that. Um, and I think there's a home for both. I'm 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 in the middle. I think I think the the market's big enough for both. And I think the clients can choose. And I think it's I think it's very healthy that both in the marketplace.
0: Yes, I do too. It's, you can't. It, not everyone could be a trillion dollar uh, international asset management company. There's got to be yeah. small and medium uh, medium companies below that uh, because not everyone wants to to be with Vanguard and people uh, like that. South African private sector activity <laughs> fell to a record low in March. A business survey showed on Friday as the global coronavirus pandemic led to the sharpest drop in output and new orders the survey has ever recorded. The IHS markets Purchasing Managers Index, PMI, was at 44.5 in March from 48.4 in February, remaining below the 50 level that separates expansion from contraction. Central to the decline were large drops in the output and new orders subcomponents, also to record lows, with stocks of purchases likewise contracting at a faster pace. We must get used to these sort of numbers, Nick.
1: Get used to them and, and, and get used to the history-making stuff. I mean, you, you use the word ever. I mean, at the last after the last quarter, I had every single index worst drop ever, ever, ever. ever. it's what I can hear about. Uh, I think get used to it, people. I mean, this is unprecedented times and, and an economy that is shut down. I mean, this is going to, depending how long this drags on, you, you're going to see a lot of things coming through, and, they, and they're not going to be pretty.
0: No, the world is shut down. I don't know why the market's as high as it is. I really don't. And I hate to tell you what the spot prices are at the moment. I'm going to refresh my screen just in case there might be some sort of rally, but I don't think so. The dollar rand is eighteen seventy-two, which is one point four percent fall. The British pound against the rand is twenty-three ten, which is a point nine percent fall. The euro rand. Oh, my gosh, is 2020, which is a three quarters of a percent fall. the dollar, uh, euro dollar, excuse me, 107.90, which is a point six three percent rally for the US dollar. People going to the safe haven again. Uh, British pound 123.39. That's the cable, of course. Um, where's the dollar yen? Dollar yen 108 and a bit. Uh, international indices. Let's look back to last night. The Dow Jones was up two and a quarter percent to 21,413. The S&P was up 2.3 percent. Nasdaq up one and three quarters this morning. The Dow Jones down around about 0.9 percent. Uh, Dow Jones futures, that is. Obviously, waiting for that all important two thirty figure for non farm payrolls. Commodities: the gold price is sixteen sixteen, up three. The platinum price is down six and a half to seven twenty four and a half. Where's palladium, please, Nick?
1: Palladium is up five dollars, thirteen two hundred twenty dollars an hour. So it's
0: unchanged. And tell me about crude oil because mm. there's so many different grades. I'm getting confused now.
1: Uh, so, crude is now nicely positive. So, we have uh, crude is currently up 6.48%. Uh, it's the high of the session, $31.88. So, I'm talking about the front month future on crude. And West Texas, which is also the future traded price, that is up 1.5%, bearing in mind they were all down uh, a couple of hours ago. So, it's been a big turnaround of that. So, maybe, uh, maybe there's some truth in Mr. Trump's tweet. Who
0: knows? <laughs> Truth and Trump in the same sentence—that's called an oxymoron. <laughs> the top five major moves um, after an hour of trading are as follows: Kumba Iron ore up five and a quarter percent; ninety one PLC up three point four percent; Vivo up three and a third; African Rainbow Minerals up three point two six percent or three and a quarter percent. On the downside, redefined down six point three RMB. H down five and three quarters, Hammerson down 5.6, Momentum, Metropolitan down five and a half, and First Strand down 5.4%. Anything outside of those that you're looking at, please, Nick. No, but
1: just a comment on Kumba, which we haven't seen on the leaderboard for a while. That is on the back of um, iron ore futures this morning in China. They're up about almost 4% on the open. Um, they trade quite actively. It's actually the most active contract in the world. They trade on something called the Dalian Exchange. Yes. But that is on the back of the Brazilian government, which is one of the largest producers of iron ore outside of South Africa. Mm-hmm. They've ordered the halt to operations of 47 of their dams uh, at their mining operations due to, uh, once again, that uh, apparently. Uh, Concerns and stability issues at their dams. So, that is the reason why you're seeing uh, Cumber up 7
0: percent today. You can't go out to lunch today, of course, but you'll probably have a, a, a pre-jobs numbers uh, lunch at home. You'll you'll cook it. You and mm. your partner or yourself. You'll 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 cook it together. Um, What do you think is going to happen this afternoon? If the number is awful, will the market say, well, we knew it was going to be awful and therefore we're going to buy the market because we know the Fed's going to step in? If the number is awful, do you think the market will say, well, it's awful and we've got to really get to grips with this now because it's going to become more awful and therefore we should sell the market? Please give me your insight and then uh, I'll fact check you later on.
1: We'll tally up at the end of the day. Um... Lindsay, I, I think the market for the for the first time might be prone to a little bit of disappointment. Mm. So normally you've you've the marketplace is generally optimistic, glasses half full. You normally have the Fed backstop, you know, so normally we in that environment we've had it for years, by the dip, and if it's not by the dip, it's the mentality that um, that uh, you know, if there's any issues the Fed will come in and save the day. And normally we use that expression uh, "bad news is good news." Yes, I think we almost exhausted that now. And I, I believe the last uh, two weekly jobless numbers, which by the way are very accurate, those are those are more real time than the monthly ones. So those are ones we have to take note of. Um, I, I think the I think the, the investors out there are starting to realise that this thing is maybe bigger than we thought. And that monetary stimulus and the like is, can only go so far. So, I don't want to be disappointing on a Friday, but I think the market is skewed to the downside. If it if it does come out bad, I don't think the market will look at it favourably at all. Whereas in the past, you know, the bad news is good news. So, if it is a bad number, I think it's going to continue to sell off. And don't don't I think also for me, you know, the S and P is sitting almost at that sort of sort of pause level, twenty five hundred. You know, it's been sort of 100 points either side of it for the last week or two. Um, I think it's pausing here, and if it doesn't hold these levels, I do believe a bad number. If it does come out uh, worse than expected, we might sort of retest the lows in the next few days, uh, more recent.
0: Okay. Uh, One thing we didn't mention, uh, which we were talking about off-air, was the rather distasteful situation of – Something I spoke about to David Shapiro uh, two or three days ago, and that's uh, TFG, the Faschini group, uh, saying we're not going to pay rent. And now Pepcor has come out and said the same thing. What is your view on Pepcor not paying rent?
1: Okay, so I don't want to bash a particular company, but I'm going to say this. Yes, that go on. The idea that uh, – I'm talking not company-specific. The idea that you signed a contract with someone legally binding to pay rent – You have a legal obligation, and notwithstanding what we're going through in South Africa and around the world now, surely you also have a moral obligation to pay the rent, to look after your workers, to not fall back on an idea now that you just can't pay the rent. And if you're a company like the ones you just mentioned that have goods in the storerooms, in the warehouses, clothing hanging on the hangers in your shopping centers, How can you turn around and say I don't feel like paying rent anymore?
0: Especially when you have the money, because you do have the money.
1: Actually, other than saying what I really feel, Lindsay, I think is disgraceful, and I think now more than ever we all need to pull together and help out. That, to me, smacks. And I I think those companies are not doing it. I don't think people forget in South Africa in a long time. You know, people have a long memory in the investment community here. And I don't think it'll do them any favours long-term. Really I, really, I think it's disgraceful.
0: Honestly. Nick Kunzer is from and Private Wealth. That was the opening. Nick will be back with us uh, later on for the 5 o'clock shadow. Promises to be a very interesting one as well, so please click on that button later on. Nick Kunzer, thank you very much for your time. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or